I'm going to start with a picture, and, and I want to just see if you can come up with a caption for what it looks like. This is um, something that took place in my life just this weekend. I was in the mountains hanging out for a few days, and uh, this is actually my wife, and no, she did not convert to uh, Islam. It may look like it, but no, um, this is uh, what goes on in my life. Now, some of you are probably wondering what just happened right there. Uh, Well, let me just tell you what just happened right there is uh, we were uh, with some friends up in the mountains and we were had the uh, wild idea of let's go hiking. Let's go hiking. Right. Remember a few months ago, I said that I'm going to start getting in touch with my feminine side. I'm going to hike a little bit and get out in God's creation. Well, that's what we did is we went on a hike and um, I I just by nature sort of lead the way. I don't know why I do that, but I just lead the way. And we were walking on this path up in the mountains and I literally got one step away from stepping on a snake. Now, if any of you know me, you know that I am a pansy at heart, and I am terrified of snakes. And so this is my wife's natural reaction to when I am scared to death. I screamed like a little girl, and I knocked her down, and I ran the other way. This is her laughing at my fear. This is her laughing at the fact that I almost had a heart attack. So when you see her around, this is her natural reaction to her husband almost dying right here. It's an awesome picture. Man, that's just who we are. We're real. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Hey, guys, um, I don't do this very often, but what I'm getting ready to do for about the next 25 minutes, and and I'm going to keep it to 25 minutes, I promise. They're laughing at me back there behind the soundboard right now. They said he's never been in 25. I'm going to say 25 minutes because God's going to continue this movement way outside the walls of this church. Here's the deal. Um, I'm I'm going to just single some people out today, and and I'm going to single out all the Christians in the room, all the Christ followers in the room. If you've ever said yes to Jesus, you said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you as my savior. I'm speaking to you today. If you're here in this room and you've never yet admitted the fact that you're lost and that you need a savior, listen, there's people all over this place. There's a ministry team on the back wall. And and this is just repeating what I did earlier this morning is if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, like there's someone needing to know that today. I'm not excluding you. The Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you, I promise you, as we continue our time this morning. Um, there's actually a little card in your chair. And if, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, listen, there's no ritual. There's no magic prayer. You don't need the pastor to lay a hand on you and pray Jesus into your life. You can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior right now by just simply say, Jesus, I need you as my Savior. I am lost and I'm a sinner. Like, I need you. And he comes over your life, all right? There's a little place on that card. You can check it. You can give it to someone at the what's next table because if you accept Jesus as your Savior, there are what next steps that you're going to have to take if you so desire. But I'm not going to be speaking to you today if you've never said yes to Jesus No, what I'm going to be speaking to is the Christians in the room this morning for about 23 and a half more minutes, right? That there is a calling on our life. We have stepped into, we have tapped into, only by the favor of God, a thing that they used to call in the church, revival. I didn't ask for this. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't do anything special. I just simply have been obedient. 
We have come together and we're just radical enough to see God and the Holy Spirit move in ways that we've never experienced in my lifetime. And so I want to just tell you today that there is a great anticipation upon the church. Have you ever missed something that you were greatly anticipating? Have you? Think, boys, just the men in the room. I want you to think back to when you went out on that first date with your girlfriend. Do you remember the anticipation of that first kiss? Now, if your first kiss was not with the one you're married to now, don't think about it too long. We'll do the forgiveness thing in a few minutes. But do you remember as a young man the anticipation of that first kiss? Do you remember as a child the anticipation of waking up on Christmas morning? Do you remember the anticipation, if you're an athlete in the room, that first pitch? Do you remember the kickoff? Do you remember tip-off? Do you remember the first roar of the crowd? There was anticipation. You see, I think that there's something that's lost in the church today, and it's the anticipation of the move of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We have no anticipation. We have no desperation. We have no hunger for the move of the Holy Spirit of God. Really because we're self-sufficient. We support ourselves. We meet our own needs. So we have no more of a longing or an anticipation for the move of God. But can I tell you something? As just one of your leaders, I want to tell you that we are upon a great movement of the Holy Spirit of God. I didn't even know what I was asking for. I still don't know what I'm getting myself into. I have no idea what we're going to do next. I know that there are some of the other leaders that are a part of this movement and we are racking our brains, we are praying, we are seeking what God wants us to do. I want to just give you the end picture of what we experienced here this morning and it was a true falling of the Holy Spirit, of repentance of Christians, Christ followers who have Jesus in their life, but they also are mixed into this world and sin is a part of their life. We saw true repentance coming across people's lives here today. We saw earlier this morning people that are desperate and hungry for being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if this may be one of your first times at our church. I don't know if this is your home, but I don't know if you've been in church very long, if you've experienced the hunger that people desire for the Holy Spirit. We had people all over this, this cafeteria this morning just longing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we had control of this building, which we don't, guys, we would still be doing what we were doing earlier. You guys have now come into this, and guess what? It's your turn to experience God. There should be anticipation on your hearts. You see, there's been unbelievable moves of God before. This morning, I just want to just share and point out a couple of scriptures in Acts chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn and look at it, just so you'll understand that I'm not making this goodness up. 
And can I just tell you from personal experience, I'm someone who is very uneducated. I graduated from college, but I am very uneducated, and I am just a normal man just like you. I was going to say woman just like you. I'm just a normal man. I put my shoes and my pants on just like everyone else. But there's something, this gift that God has given me, and he's given it to many of you sitting in this room, Christ followers today. He's given you a passion to be obedient to Jesus. And he has filled many of you with his Holy Spirit. You just do not know it yet. And God has something so great planned for your life, you've never tapped into it. What I want to do today is I want to uncover and unclutter everything that has taken place in your life that is not of God. Because He wants to use you. You're here for some reason. And it's not simply for you. You see, I'm scared to death. I have fear. But it's not a kind of fear like the snake kind of fear. That's why I showed you that picture. I am not afraid of the enemy. I'm not afraid of man. I'm not afraid of anything of this world. What I'm afraid of is that this is overwhelming. And that this move of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. I am afraid and have fear that I may mess something up. See, I'm not alone in this thing. And here in Acts chapter 5, there was, and look with me, at the 11th verse in Acts chapter 5, because what we're upon is nothing new. This is God's nature to move in very powerful ways. We as a church in this nation have just become numb because we're so self-supporting. But here in the 11th verse of Acts chapter 5, Luke is writing this and he says this. Listen, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Now guys, we got to understand, what are these events that Luke is talking about? And let me just tell you in a nutshell, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I know you have Bibles at home and you have time and you can go read these accounts for yourself. You don't need a preacher to stand up here and continually feed you this stuff. Go get in the presence of the Holy Spirit in your living room. Parents, let your children see you read your Bible. And when you read this story, you're going to see that two people who were a part of the church. Let's just say they were Christians. They were a part of the church. They wanted the blessings of the church. They wanted to be a part of the move of God. They wanted to see the power of God. They wanted the favor of God. They wanted something from God without giving everything they had. See, I'm talking about a guy by the name of Ananias. And Ananias sold some land, and he gave a little bit of the money to the church, but he held some of it back, and he lied to to Peter. He lied about the amount that he sold the land for. And I don't know why God did this. I have no idea. I've studied, I've looked, I've talked to Pastor Brent. We've looked at things. God, why did you just drop Ananias? Ananias died just like that because he lied It's the craziest thing. Like It's the most ungracious event in the entire New Testament. 
It's the most ungracious thing that I have seen happen to someone since Jesus came back to life. And what's odd about it is the name Ananias means God is gracious. It doesn't look like it to me. But he lied. He wanted the favor, the blessing. He wanted God's movement for his life. But he was lying about it. He was faking his way through it. And church, let me just tell you, I believe that that's where we are today. Listen, you're not going to drop dead. I've not seen God work this way since. And so if we just take a little snapshot of Acts 5, and we stop around verse 10 or 11, we see or we may have a fear of God. Listen, and it's not a kind of fear that I want to run and hide from God, but it is a fear of His allness. Like God is so good and he's so powerful. I am just in awe of what I get to be a part of. So I'm not just going to look at this little snapshot. Because if I just simply read those 11 verses and I stop, I will start, start to think, man, I feel like God may be out to get me. And I need you to hear me, Christ followers in the room. God is not out to get you, but he does have something he wants to give you. He wants to get you so he can give you something, and it is his Holy Spirit. And so here's what happens. These two people die. Go read it for yourself. His wife was out shopping when he died. She comes in three hours later, and she was given an opportunity to repent. Peter asked her a question that he did not ask Ananias. He said, Sapphira, is this the amount? And she lied. She faked it. And she too fell over dead. You see, that's what caused the great fear. What we as Christ followers have to understand is that God sees our heart and he sees our intentions. He knows the motives behind our words. And church, what God has in store for you and what he has in store for us, this great anticipation of his move next has me in awe of his power. And so what do we do about it? Listen, we can study more and we can gather more and have more worship services and we can do all of those kinds of things. But there's something here that needs to take place and I don't know what's taking place in other churches around this community, even this nation. And can I just be very blunt and say I don't care because God has not given me the responsibility of the church. He's taken care of that. He's taking care of this one. But what he is asking is that we speak today a very unpopular message. And it's the message that there is sin in Christ followers' lives. And that is not who we are. It's not who we are asked to be. There's sin in our lives and guys, we have to be so turned off by the sin that is in our life, we have to understand that it is not a part of our nature. You see, here's something that just blows my mind about this passage. Read with me verse 12 of Acts 5. It says, The apostles 
performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Let me just ask you something. When was the last time you were a part of the church and you saw people doing amazing things in the name of Jesus? I so think that many of us would be challenged to even recall one move of God that you've experienced in the church. You see, we got to understand that God that we read about in this passage is the same God that is sitting in this very place in Holy Spirit form. Our God has not changed. His direction has not changed. His desires for His people have not changed. So that's what I'm anticipating. And I know this isn't a popular message, but can I just tell you how I really feel? Listen, I have seen the church grow. We've had many services where people raise a hand and they accept Jesus as their Savior. We've had services that are just powerful and and people getting baptized in the name of Jesus. We've seen this church grow in numbers. Man, we're even a few months away from opening up a a three and a half million dollar building. But can I just tell you, none of that stuff satisfies. It's not about having a great little 45-minute set. It's not all about having a lot of people accept Jesus. It's not all about seeing people get baptized. It's not about building a big church and going to multiple locations. It's not about, hey, are you going to write a book? It's not about that stuff. It's about me being so full of the Holy Spirit. It's about me and you being used by God. And you see, when that happens, the transformation of lives and homes and families and communities just start taking place. Guys, you understand the seriousness of what we've been given And we don't get just the luxury of just going through our daily lives, going through the motions. Like God didn't send His Son Jesus just so that you can just eat past your life. See here in Acts, verse 12, there were crazy things taking place. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Verse 13, listen to this. It says, no one else dared join them. No one else dared join them. It says that even though they were highly regarded by the people, no one else dared to fake it through the motions. No one else dared lied about what was going on in their life. Can I just say, in the context of where we are today, no one else dared to call themselves a Christ follower and fake it through this life. No one else dared to say, I've bowed my knee to Jesus. I've accepted his sacrifice on the cross. I know that his blood has cleansed me. And then go live like your life has never been changed. No one should ever dare to be a part of that. But we're here in the church. 
And even in the year 2015, when yes, people are being persecuted for their faith, it is still the thing to do on Sunday morning is go to the church. I'm anticipating this movement of God that is so much more powerful than me. It's so much bigger than we are. And there is a holy fear that is in my life. He's called me to repentance. I want to just show you just earlier this morning, one of our pastors who lead this church was here on his knees repenting. Do you think that God is going to bless a movement that is full of people who are just abusing his son? Church, it's just time to wake up. And it's okay to be full of a little bit of fear. Not a fear that's going to make you run and hide and doubt your God, but a fear of this thing is so great. How in the world can someone like me be a part of it? It says these people saw Ananias and Sapphira just drop dead. They were filled with fear because what they saw. So fearful that they were like, man, there is no way. There's no way that I'm going to go fake it in their presence. But listen to this. No one else dared join them. Luke said that. No one else dared join them. But look at verse 14. It says this, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. How in the world can no one dare go be a part of them, but their numbers continue to increase? Here's what happened. People who were in awe of God's presence. They saw themselves. They they just called out the sin that was in their life. And they said, I've got to be a part of this movement of God. God, I'm a sinner. I'm not going to hide anything from you. I'm not going to lie about this thing anymore. I'm not going to fake it any longer, God. I'm a sinner, but I want to be a part of your movement. You see, repentance took place. In church, it was true, genuine, Holy Spirit-driven repentance. And that's what I'm anticipating today. And you see, it's just not going to last today because this thing isn't man-made. Listen, if this thing was man-made, this we'd have, oh, I don't even want to know what I would have had it done, but this isn't what it would have looked like. If this thing was man-made, I probably would have been continuing to tell you about the goodness and the graciousness of the Father who loves you. I understand that this is a very unpopular message. Because here in just a few minutes, you're going to be asked to come forward into this holy place. Because God is here and repent of the sin, Christ follower, that's in your life. Because I'm so tired of just seeing the church shut down and then we just come unpack this thing again next week. Here's what I'm desperate for. 
It says here, Luke wrote it, not me. It's not my words. He says, this is what took place. They were believers being added to their number daily. Verse 15, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets. They laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Listen, this ain't about one person. There's a hero in this thing. His name is Jesus. He does not really even need Hope City. He needs a lot of passionate, holy people who love of his son. He says this, then verse 16, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem. Guys, I see this taking place today. They were bringing the sick and those tormented by evil spirits and all of them were healed. There is revival breaking out in our very presence. Do you understand this? And you get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of this. I've been praying for this, not knowing what I was praying for. I mean, I just stood up on this stage earlier this morning and I stomped my feet over this stupid screw right here. And this screw has tripped me over and over. If this was about us, we would have a brand new stage. If it was all up to how this thing looked, we wouldn't have to scrape gum up off this floor. If God was looking for the perfect building, he would not be here but for some reason, God's presence is here and you are a part of it. You're a part of this. And so if you're a Christ follower in the room, here's where I wrap it up because I think my 25 minutes is up. Yeah? Because this ain't about a sermon. You see, what happens is the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you right now, He's not limited to this time and space. He's not limited to us having a church service. He's going to go in your car and he's going to be at your restaurant and he's going to your home. Here's what he's looking for. Because this has taken place in our presence. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Guys, he's hearing heaven like Jesus is on our side he's interceding for us he's seated right beside his father and he's talking about this very moment to him and he says this and he says then I will heal their land our land is being healed your homes are being healed your relationships are being healed your marriages are being healed Your children are being healed. Your workplaces are being healed. He says this, if you'll just humble yourself and pray and seek my face, but this is where it gets very uncomfortable. If you'll just turn from your wicked ways. In the church, we use the big word repentance. So church, Christ followers in this room, it's time to repent. Man, I am anticipating something great. I'm not going to miss it. And I don't want anybody else that I call brother or sister to miss it. So here we are. Let's pray. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. If there's sin in your life, and again, I'm talking to only Christians, I'm not talking about let's come get saved. 
I'm talking about Christ followers in the room. If there's sin in your life, today God is calling us for a time of repentance. And what I want to do is I just want to ask you just to stand and let's come and pray. We're going to pray right here in the front of this church. So if there's sin in your life, listen, don't be ashamed. We're all there. Would you just come? Let's confess. Let's repent. Let's turn from our evil ways. And it's time that we get very real in the presence of God. We're not judging you at this place. This may be your first time. Listen, we all have a story. And we all have a past. But we all have a phenomenal, beautiful, real Savior. Listen. It's time to repent. It's time to anticipate. And it's time to be a part of a Holy Spirit-driven move of God.